Amen. Hallelujah. 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 If you would turn in your Bible to Psalm chapter 127, verse 3. Psalm chapter 127, verse 3. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful for his atmosphere this morning? How many of you are thankful for his anointing? Amen. How many of you are thankful when he wrecks your plans, you just got to go with it? Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for his spirit. How many know his spirit is rare nowadays? I know it may be weird to you. I may be being comfortable. But you know why it's uncomfortable to you? Because it's not normal anymore. Amen. It's almost like it's missing in today. It's missing in the church anymore. But how many know it's still real and prevalent? Amen. It is still real and prevalent. It is his anointing that breaks bondages and yokes, and it, it breaks addictions. It breaks and restores marriage, and it restores sons and daughters back into the kingdom. And I still believe in it like never before. Amen? Amen. I want, I want to just say this a couple of things before I forget. Um, for Easter coming up, if you are wanting to um, be a part of something that, that tells your testimony uh, very quickly, very, very um, um, uh, uniquely and very small, it, it's nothing that you got to do greatly. I want you to see my beautiful wife after church, Ellie, and uh, be a part of that. We need about 10 or 15 people that are willing to do that. Amen. And I believe that you're going to be a blessing. You don't have to say anything. You just got to be willing to do something. Amen. Amen. So see her after church. It's going to be fantastic. Also, our kids are going to be staying afterwards and kind of working on some things for Easter, and it's going to be fantastic. Um, I do want to say this, that that uh, next Saturday from 9 to 1 on the 27th, we will begin to work on our stage set. So if you are a part of Crafty, if you're a part of Willing, if you're a part of just wanting to show up, uh, be here next Saturday morning at 9, and we'll end at 1 because we got something going on afterwards for uh, Brian and Josie. Amen? And so uh, show up next Saturday at Nine. We're also going to be having prayer during that time from 9 to 1. So maybe you're not real crafty, but what you want to pray. God spoke to me, and he also spoke to Bishop uh, separately. And he said, cover Easter as much in everything we do in the physical as we do in the supernatural. So if we put in four hours of work in the natural, we're going to put in four hours of work in prayer. Amen? If we do 10 hours of work in the natural, we're going to do 10 hours of work in the supernatural. And we're going to fight some demons and bring some things down so that people's lives are going to be turned around. Amen? So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Psalm chapter 127, uh, chapter th- uh, verse 3 there, 127 verse 3. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the NIV. He says, children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring, a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Our children born in one youth, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, and they will not be put to shame. And when they contend with their hearts in court, when they contend with their hearts, they will not be put to shame. When they contend with their hearts, with their opponents in court, when they deal with their own hearts. Isn't it funny? He says, if we do what we're supposed to do when it comes to their heart, I'll take care of it. Yeah, and he says, I'll contend in court for him, amen. And so uh, we're going to be continuing in our series on Love Illuminated Part 3 this morning. Uh, and I know people are saying, well, you know, what's that got to do with the anointing? You just give me a little bit. We'll get there, amen. And we'll get back to it, amen, because I feel it turning in me. I feel it turning. I feel God wanting to make some breakthroughs in this house this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, this morning. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the spirit of God that has invaded this place. I thank you, God. For the willing hearts of those that are saying yes to you. 
saying yes to praise, yes to worship, and now yes to the word. I thank you because it is the anointing that breaks jokes. It is the anointing that breaks bondage. It is the yoke that breaks addictions. It is the, the anointing that destroys sin in your presence. And Father, I thank you for the anointing this morning. Father, I don't take it lightly because, God, without your anointing, we are nothing. Without your anointing, we can do no thing. God, without your anointing, I surely cannot live. And Father, I thank you for the anointing I feel in this place that resides in my spirit, God, that is running up the back of my neck even then, at this very moment. Father, I thank you for it, for we don't take it for granted. Father, I thank you and I worship you, God. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about different things with love illuminated and about relationships and about true leaders in relationships that regardless of who you are and how you are, uh, that if you're in any type of relationship, you're leading, you're leading. Someone's leading in that relationship. You're either following or you're leading. You are following or you are leading. There can be never two leaders. There has to be someone following there has to be someone leading in every relationship regardless if it's a husband or wife a friendship a relationship with your neighbor a relationship with your child and there's also covenant relationships within that that we're not within contractual but that we are in covenant relationships somebody say covenant we're in blood relationships, blood relationships. And what we were going to talk, we've had several different conversations with Chris and Paula. I mean, Chris, Chris and Jennifer. Uh, we talked with Miss Sandy last week about ladies, ladies in waiting, uh, which are referred to in the, in the word of God as widows and how that the, the, the spirit of God and the church are to cover them. We also were this week, we're going to be talking to Bill and Paula, which I feel a leading to go ahead and push out of that about what it was to raise a child, what it was to raise a child and what it was to raise godly children and uh, particularly. But uh, I want to talk a little bit this morning, not just about natural children, about natural sons and natural daughters, but what it is to raise up uh, spiritual sons and daughters within the kingdom, spiritual sons and daughters. That, that when I speak of children this morning, yes, it may be about raising a child, raising a baby, raising a toddler, raising a teenager or a tween or a young adult, uh, or, or however you want to see it in the child, that maybe you're older and your children are older, then when I speak of a child, that yes, there is a natural thing of raising a child, but there also is a thing in the supernatural that we don't talk so much about, that is about raising spiritual sons and daughters in the kingdom. And so when I speak of this this morning, there's going to be uh, a coincidence of the natural and the supernatural. So don't get lost when I'm talking about the natural, because I'm also speaking of the supernatural. Uh, any true sign of a healthy apostolic spirit of God church uh, is the true sign is how we are raising up sons and daughters in the kingdom. God places spiritual fathers that are over top of us uh, to raise us up, to bring us into a place of purpose. Uh, he puts us in that position. He puts us in that position to draw out of us what is in us and show us who we really are it, to, to sometimes even correct us, sometimes to discipline sometimes to speak to us, to encourage us, to bring us to that place to where we recognize everything that is within us so that we raise up as sons and daughters, not just of the supernatural in the church, but that we also raise up to be supernatural sons and daughters of the Most High God. 
Yeah. He talks about that we are grafted in, we have been adopted in, that the true sons of the kingdom, the true children of the kingdom is the Israelites, are the Jews. They are the true children of God. When he speaks, he says, that is my nation, that is my, and whoever curses them curses me. Whoever blesses them blesses me. That's why we got to be careful about how we treat the Jews, how we treat the Israelites as a people and as a nation, because if we curse them, we curse ourselves. And he says, if you curse them, if you bless them, you bless yourselves. But he says there, because Jesus and the blood and grace that came, he says, you now, Gentiles, uh, the people that are outside of the Jewish uh, race, he says, now you have been grafted in or adopted in as sons and daughters of the Most High God. He says, you now are sons and heirs to the kingdom. You now are brothers to Jesus, who now is the eldest brother, but now you are the youngest brother. You now are the youngest daughter. You now, because you have been adopted in. And so the reality is you want to get linked up with someone that wants to be your spiritual father. You want to do it even the natural, because how we serve our spiritual fathers will be how we also serve our supernatural father, who is God. Somebody say amen. And so he says there, and also uh, that he says there in Psalms chapter 127, he says, children are a heritage of the Lord. They are an offspring, a reward from him. And so regardless if that's a supernatural son or if that's a natural son or daughter, that it is a reward from him. How do you know that when God gives us children, regardless if that's supernatural or natural, how do you know that they are not even ours? Yeah, they're not, regardless if you're about to have a baby, have baby, or had babies, or grandbabies, or great, great grandbabies, how do you know the reality is that they're not ours? Yeah, they're not ours. They may have came through us. They may be our natural seed. They may be come from our womb. But how do you know they're not ours? They're not ours. They are from God. They are from God. He, he, he also says there in, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I'm I knew you before I formed you in the womb. I knew before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Psalms chapter 139 verse 13, he says, You were created in my inmost being. You would knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well my frame was not hidden from you. And when I was made in the secret place, my good God. Somebody say the secret place. I just want to stop right there because how many know you are made in the secret place? Uh, can I just stop right there? Listen, if you're wanting something to go public, get in the secret place. And I'm telling you, God, when he sees you working on this secret place, how many know God will reward you publicly? Yeah, if you got a talent that you're wanting to go forth in business, if you got a talent or a calling even in the supernatural, if you will work on it in the secret place, God will reward you faithfully. Amen. He says, I made you in the secret place. And when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me informed in my body. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before they ever came to be, they were written in your book. And how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I count to them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with 
you. Meaning there that God is the one that formed you. I know when, when, when a child comes out, we automatically want to say, oh, little Johnny, he looks just like his daddy. He looks just like his daddy. He's got his mother's eyes. He's got his, his daddy's chin. He's got, he's got the father's hair. He's got, he's got the height of, of his mother. He's got the feet of his grandfather. And we always want to say that these things are uh, of the natural. But the Bible says that we are... <laughs> <coughs> we are made in his image. We are made in his. And so the reality is because when God allows us to have a child in the supernatural or the natural, when it comes out, it is not ours, but it is his. Because we are made in his image. So when it comes out, it's yes, it may look like you in the natural, but it is him in the supernatural. It is him coming through your womb to speak and to begin to show himself through you. Thank you. And, and so the reality is it is him. It is him beginning to show us it is on him it is his gift to us it is his gift he says there that it is like an arrow in the hands of a warrior it is like an arrow in the hands of a warrior. Meaning he just gave it to you to mold it. He gave it to you. He gave you him or her to form it and shoot it into purpose. To form it and shoot it and not to hold on to it, not to be jealous of it, not to control it, but to shoot it into purpose. For you to mold it into purpose, to encourage it, to correct it, to discipline into God's purpose for it to be. Amen. And so there he says, he gives us, can you think about this? That the creator, yeah, the creator gives us creation in our hands. Yeah, I know that's hard to think about, but think about that. He says, the creator of the universe takes forms creation in your womb, and when he places the baby in your hands, he is placing creation into your hands. Just like in the beginning, whenever God began to speak things into existence, and he spoke the earth, he spoke the trees, he spoke the waters, he spoke the dry land, he spoke these things. He says it was the creation of the earth. And in the same way creation was spoken, he took the time to make Adam out of the form of the earth. And just the same way he made Adam, he took and made you out of your womb. And so the reality is when he places you in your father's hands, when he places you into your mother's hand, he is placing creation into a parent's hands. Oh yeah, you're not you're not there with me. Maybe I'm on too much cold medicine. Maybe I'm going too deep for my own good. But just give me a minute. We're going to get where I'm going this morning. Uh, he places creation in here. and I know that I know that we have all these these people that are caught up in how we treat the earth and how we treat how we treat the land and how we treat the poor little birds that we're wiping off the top of a mountaintop and how we're treating the poor little animals and how we're treating the whales and how we're treating the seals. And yes, those are a part of creation, but can I tell you something? He spoke the animals into existence. Yeah, yeah. He didn't speak man into existence, but he took his own hands and formed it with his own hands. Meaning, he took his time with man. He didn't speak them into existence. He took his time with with the creation that is called man. That's why it's precious how we treat humanity, how we treat make a Listen, I, I get it. Listen, it is a shame if we treat a well wrong, but it is even more so if we kill a baby before it's born. Yeah, we've got to have more of an outrage in the church again, not just over the wells of the sea, but how 
start treating babies in the womb again. To where we say we are not just about pro-life, but we are about procreation. We are about creation. That is when it's placed in our hands. We value it more than we value things around us. See, when you begin to look at humanity as the creation of God, it'll make you treat people right. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't know what's wrong with the kingdom of God. I don't know what's wrong with the church of God that we treat people worse than any other people. Sometimes the church treats people worse than even a sinner. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you can do things wrong and the sinner will still accept you while the church rejects you and puts their back to you. But it is time that the church of God begins to have a love like never before because when I talk to you, when I put my arms around you, when I see you as my neighbor, when I see you as my co-worker, as I see you as my family member. When I treat you bad, it's as if I'm treating God bad. Yeah, yeah. When I treat when I treat that waitress bad at Cracker Barrel, when I treat that waiter bad at Applebee's, when I treat that person that cut me off in lane, when I cut when I treat my mother bad, when I treat my 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 cousin bad, when I treat my co-worker, when I speak down to them when I don't treat them with the love of God it is as if I'm speaking to God himself we've got to look as if it is creation in our hands it is as creation is in our hands I'm reminded uh, of from first Samuel that Hannah began to cry out because she was barren she was bearing crying out for creation to hit her womb she was crying out because it was a blessing to have a child how do you know it is a blessing to have a child it is a blessing to have a son. It is a blessing to have a daughter. It is a blessing to raise up spiritual sons. It is a blessing to raise up spiritual daughters. It is a blessing. It is still a blessing. It is still. But that's why the Bible says for you to go have dominion, be fruitful, and multiply in the earth. Listen, we need to multiply again. I, I, I don't know how much so much in the natural, but we need to multiply in the supernatural. We need to reproduce ourselves. We need to reproduce sons and daughters in the kingdom. That barrenness is not allowed. Listen, we've had too many barren churches for far too long. We've had too many barren churches for far too long that has accepted the spirit of decline, the spirit of death to come over their church, the spirit of Ichabod to reign. But having a we need to speak to the spirit of barrenness and just like Hannah begin to cry out and say, God, bring sons into this church. Bring daughters into this ministry, God, that they may be raised up again. And I got, listen, as I was praying for this message, I began to hear the prophetic voice begin to speak inside of me I heard it as clear as day that God said the thing that you've been praying about that you almost feel barren about the very thing that you've been praying about for a long time yeah, whatever that is, what, and listen, maybe you are looking for a financial blessing and it feels barren. Maybe you are dealing with an addiction and it feels barren. Maybe you're dealing with a marriage that feels barren. Listen, whatever it is, I declare prophetically that just like Hannah, that thing is about to come into your spiritual womb as you begin to press into worship, as you begin to press into praise, and as, as I declare this into the void, into the atmosphere, right? now that everything that's been tied up, God said, I'm releasing it in the season into your womb. Hannah 
Hannah, who, who said, I will do anything willing to have a pregnancy, a birthing happen within me. Have it birth within me. But can I tell you the key? At the end of 1 Samuel chapter, she says there, so now I give the child Samuel to the Lord. For his whole life will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. We have too many parents that are trying to control their children to be what they want them to be rather than what a God has purposed inside of them. So many times we take out on children uh, a reflection of what is going on inside of ourselves. If we have self-hatred, how can I love somebody else? If I have self-loathing, how can I love somebody else? If I don't have peace, how can peace come to my home? I saw something yesterday that it talks about that we are as a drop that lands in water. And as the water drips, you are that drip. But what comes out of the ripples is because what you dropped into it. So if you drop in low self-esteem, <laughs> you try to get your self-esteem from those that are others around you. We've all seen this. That's why parents at football games and basketball games and cheer, that's why parents act crazy. Because they're trying to relive something they didn't get from themselves. Right? So anger, craziness happens because I'm trying to pull out Something that I did not get from myself. Because I did not get it from my father. I vowed I would never do it, but yet I turn into what I vowed I never would. And so I become the parent I said I would never become. Did you ever say that when I get older and I have children, I'll never say that? And then you find yourself saying the exact same thing. Because what you loathe about someone else, if it does not heal within you, you will become what you are in the atmosphere of. And so the reality is, you've got to say, I will not have control. Can I tell you something? We have too many people trying to control relationships anymore. Tr control relationships anymore. I want you to do this. And if you don't do this, I will show myself, I'll anger myself, I'll talk down to you because I don't trust that you're going to do what I expect out of you. And that goes along with husbands and wives, that goes along with friendships, that goes along with, 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 with fathering and, and, and mothering children, that if I don't get you to do it, I will make you do that very thing. But can I tell you something? The true sign of maturity in any relationship is trust. That I trust you to do what you're supposed to do. I trust you. And even when you don't do it, I will encourage you and guide you and help you to get to what you're supposed to be. And I will trust that God, what is what I put in you with God, will now develop to come out of you. The Bible says, train up a child in the way it should go, and when it gets there, it will not depart. 
Let me say this. You, listen, if you have a son or a daughter that you've been praying to come back into God and you raise them to be that way, if you put seeds in them, they will come back. Mother, da- a son, a father, no matter how much you nag your, your, your backslidden son or daughter, I am telling you this, you've got to trust God that the seed of the Spirit of God that is inside of them is stronger than your words. They will come back. I'm a living example of one that turned their back on everything that was placed inside of me. They will come back. And it said he worshiped the Lord there. You've got to draw a circle and say, God, this is everything that you are. And I am going to take my child and place it in everything that's godly. And I'm going to walk away and leave it there. I'm not going to try to influence it to come over to me. I'm not going to try to make it to see it my way. But God, I'm going to trust that everything I put in this circle, that there, my child, will worship you there. Even when it don't look like it, even when they do the complete opposite, even when it don't look like they're getting it, I'm going to trust the Lord that there, my son or daughter will get it there. Y'all are quiet this morning. That's okay. I'm going to fight this spirit till it breaks this morning. I feel this thing just fighting. Can I stop right here? Bow your heads with me. Father God, right now, Father, this spirit that is hovering across this church right now, I break this spirit in the name of God right now. I prophetically declare and speak to that spirit, this spirit of repression, this spirit of heaviness, this spirit of whatever this is that is in this church right now, I speak to it and I declare in the name of Jesus, through the blood of the Lamb, I speak to you as the authority that God has placed over my life and I look at you and I declare you, spirit, that you've got to go in the name of Jesus right now. All right, come back with me. I feel this thing. Abraham. Abraham had a son who he had a promise over. He was spoken a promise at 99 years old. Childless. Nothing was happening. All of a sudden, I mean, he went through a lot of stuff to get this child. Finally, the child was placed in his hands. This child was found. Every promise that he had prayed for was now placed in his hands. And he said, God spoke to Abraham, and he said, Abraham, take the very thing I gave you, just like Hannah, and take it, and take it to the mountain and sacrifice it. How can I tell you something? That when you're in relationships of any kind, you've got to sacrifice how you feel about the promise and trust God that he's going to do everything that he said he would do with it, even when you don't understand it, even when the child doesn't act right, even when the husband doesn't act right, even when the relationship, even when the church don't look like it. You've got to trust that everything I told you to do, even when it doesn't make any sense in the natural, take it to the mountain and sacrifice it. Since we're on church, doesn't it look like sometimes when you speak to your children, you say things, it's like they do the complete opposite of everything that you ask them to do. And and isn't it funny when they do that, 
or they act silly or they act a way that you wish they would. Have you ever looked at your partner and said, that's your kid right there? <laughs> that's your kid. That ain't my kid. That's your kid. That, that's your, and what happens is, because we're looking at it going, you are acting completely foreign to anything I think is natural. But can I tell you something? God sometimes would take an unnatural situation to put your faith to the test. Because he's trying to draw out of you, even in parenting, are you going to trust me even when things don't look right in the natural? To where you've got to, listen, the Bible says a praise is a sacrifice. There is a sacrifice of praise. And anything you do for God, regardless of that's a godly relationship, godly parenting, godly serving, whatever the case may be, it is going to take sacrifice, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't feel it, even when it doesn't make any sense, you got to say, God, I'm willing to take it to the man and sacrifice the very thing I waited on, even when it don't make any sense. But you know what I found out is that anything that God takes away from you, <laughs> anything that he takes away from you, I guarantee you he's going to give you more than what you were holding on to. He's going to give you more that you were unwilling to let go of. Have you ever got to a place that even before you got saved, you say, God, I can't give up my ways. God, I can't give up. God, I even like sinning, God. I like going to drink. I like going to that addiction. I like my attitude. Come on now. And you say, God, I'm not even willing to give it up. But when you get on the other side of the blood, it's like everything inside of you said, why don't I do this sooner? Have you ever just got into a place where you said, God, I wish I had lived for you ten more years longer. I wish I had given it to you five more years because, God, how much further would I be? Can I tell you something? When you're willing to sacrifice how you feel and trust the Almighty, I'm telling you what is willing for you to give to Him, God will return it to you. When you're willing to say, God, take my attitude, He'll give you joy. Yeah. Number three here, Jesus. Remember when Jesus, we don't, we, don't, we don't hear much about his childhood. But the one thing we do hear is that when he was 12 years old, they went into the city to pay their taxes, Joseph and Mary. And when they were walking out of the city, they looked back and they realized Jesus was nowhere around. Have you ever had that moment? You're in the mall, you're in Walmart, you're in Kmart. And all of a sudden, you can't find your child. And you are in such panic. To where, and then all of a sudden, you find him hiding in some clothes racks, laughing. You know, he, he, and, and you're panicked. I mean, you're like, oh my God, if I can just find little Johnny. But then when you finally find him, you want to sacrifice him in Kmart. Like, stupid kid. Could you marry Mary and Joseph? And, 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 and could you imagine Mary? She's probably like, God, you entrusted me with the Son of God, and I don't even know where he's at. I don't even know where this little boy's at. I'm like, God, if anybody's going to judge me, it's going to be you. God, you're going to whip me when I get home. So they looked. They looked for days, looking for Jesus. So finally, they went to the temple. They went to the church, and there Jesus sat, learning, but not just learning, but teaching. Teaching scholars, teaching rabbis, teaching those that were supposed to be in charge, teaching them. 
and could you marry Joseph and Mary? And, and they got all upset. Jesus, where in the world have you been? And he said, I've been about my father's business. Been about my father's business. And let me take this a step farther because can I tell you something? Have you ever got to the place, especially when your kids turn 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, towards like everything that comes out their mouth makes no sense to you? To where Mary said, read the verse, I'll even give it to you, Luke chapter 2, 41 through 52. Mary said, I have no clue what you're talking about, Jesus. But it said she held it in her heart. Can I tell you something? In any relationship, regardless if that's parenting, there's going to come a time where in the natural it will make no sense to you. It will make no sense to you. When your children hit a teenage year, they will make no sense to you at all. It's like everything you taught them became stupid. It's like a, it's like a cloud of ignorance resides constantly through their brain. But can I tell you something? You were the exact same way. There was older ones looking at you going, I can't wait for Brian to mature one day. Josie's still waiting. <laughs> There's some wives saying, amen, I can't wait for my husband to get out of the cloud of ignorance to where I think he should be. And, and you get to this point where all you can do is trust but what happens is, do you remember when Joseph was at this point where out of immaturity, the things he spoke about in his dreams and said, I'm about the father's business and that God gave me this dream. They began to hate him for what he was speaking. The worst thing you can do in relationships of any sort, especially parenting, is to hate, become jealous of, or despise, or dismiss the thing that is speaking out of immaturity into dreams. Because can I tell you something? I'll speak this out of my own self. I remember being 13, 14 years old. And I remember even being back then, I remember, listen, I've never had a single preacher in my family. I have no generational understanding of coming up under this. I've never had an example of what I just saw in the pulpit. That's all I've ever seen. And I remember dreaming, even back at 30, I knew even back then I would be a preacher. I remember being it, and I remember when I would speak dreams of things that would come to pass, my parents would look at me almost in, in, dis, in this place of not understanding the dream, even sometimes crushing the dream that was in me. But things that were in me then, I'm seeing starting to come to pass even 21, 22 years later. And so I'm telling you this, and there are still dreams of things that I saw and wrote down and sketched out that I still believe God. God is going to allow to come to pass in my life. And can I tell you something, parent? That if you don't celebrate things in your child, even when you don't understand them, they will come to pass. And if you're there to celebrate them, when they come to pass, you won't be standing beside 
what I'm celebrating in the future. How many pathetic fathers gave up on children? And when the child became successful, the father wanted to come back around. Wanted to celebrate the gift that is in that child. But because they weren't along the way, in the pro- because how many know you got to go through the process of relationships? And Mary and Joseph, regardless if they understood it or not, had to deal with the process of even Jesus. To allow Jesus, I mean, could you imagine? You can't say, Joseph, that kid acts like you. I mean, what are you going to say? Heavenly Father, that child acts just like you. His little attitude. I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, you can't blame it on God. You ain't got nobody to blame. But Mary, standing there, it said she put it all in her heart. Even when you don't understand it, I am telling you, there is another generation that is rising up. Although we may not understand them, we've got to encourage them and say, be everything that God is calling you to be because we want it in the kingdom of God for the future of what God is doing. Hold it in the hearts. Hold it, because one day that Jesus that's meant to understood is going to step on the scene at 30 years old in the Messiah anointing. The Messiah mantle is going to reside upon him. And your child may not become the Messiah because there's only been one Messiah, so they can't become that. But when they become what they want to be, what God purposed for them to be, not for what you want them to be, but for what they want to be, I am telling you that purpose of anointing is going to rest inside of them, but all you can do is be encouraged to them, saying you can do it. You can be everything that you want to be. You can do everything that's in your heart. You can do everything that's in your spirit. You can do everything that's in your mind, because it's not me anyhow. You are God's creation. Spiritual sons and daughters, everything that's inside of you, I'm telling you to dream like never before. Dream like there's no money that is a limit. Dream like there's no tomorrow. Dream like God can do everything. Because with God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Dream. Get beside yourself in this sacred place and say, God, put a dreaming spirit within me. My wife will tell you that for years I have dreamed that what we are doing right now in this church that I said would come to pass. Am I lying, Ellie? I said that we would become campuses. We would begin to flow and campuses would begin to be a thing. And this is in a church and a denomination that we are the very first one that is happening in the state. And even when it was not being said, even when it was not being done, I was in a back room speaking to just my wife saying this thing will come to pass even if it's not understanding the natural. But I'm telling you that every dream that God's placed inside of you, it will come to pass. I don't care how many mistakes you made, I don't matter how, how many times you failed, I don't care what your bank account says, I am telling you, when your dream lines up with the vision of God, the anointing, the mantle will fall on you for an anointing. Let me end with this. I remember, as a spiritual son, it was years ago, I was just fresh into ministry, 14, 15 years ago, and I remember I had made a mistake, and, 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 and it wasn't a cute one, and I made a mistake, and I, and I had to be set down for a year. And I remember hating that because I remember 
I had, I had preaching engagements for like eight months. And I had to call every one of those people and say, I can't come preach. I can't come do this. And I had to sit down off the stage. And I had to sit down and, and I had to do nothing but worship. And i never forget some of the greatest advice I ever heard. That he said to me, he said, if you are not willing to be disciplined as a spiritual son, you can never become a father to sons that will be underneath you one day. So let me go farther with this. If you are not willing to be a son yourself, you cannot father a son underneath you. If you are not willing to be a daughter yourself, you're not willing to be a mother. You will never be able to understand that. And I want to go further with this because this goes beyond the natural of you. Uh, maybe you have a, a rough relationship with a mother or a father. Maybe it's not even existent. And maybe it's a bad situation. And you're saying, you know what? I don't even know how to be that. Can I tell you something? He has become our spiritual father. And now you're in a new family to where now you are part of the kingdom of God. You are now called a son and a daughter and heir to the throne. And so the reality is you've got to become a son to the Abba Father. You've got to become a daughter to the Abba Father. You've got to say, God, I want to do everything that I'm willing to be as a son to you, O oh Lord. I'm willing to be corrected. I'm willing to be disciplined. I'm willing to be I'm willing to take everything that you want me to be. God, my plans are not my plans. And just like Jeremiah said, he's not like, too young, nothing's in my mouth, but I am yours and I am yours alone. God, it is the anointing you placed on me. It's not mine. I'm willing to do everything that you want me to be. And can I tell you something? You will never be the godly parent that God is calling you to be if you are not correct as a son or a daughter as the most high God. You've got to have a supernatural love. You've got to have a supernatural peace. You've got to have supernatural wisdom to know how to parent today. Because can I tell you something? You're dealing with things that generations never dealt with. You're dealing with technology you don't even understand. There's things in your children's hands that don't even make any sense to you. There's things that are going on in the schools that, that don't even make any sense to you. Drugs are different than what they were in your generation. But can I tell you something? That when you get the Holy Ghost down inside of you and you know how to be a son to God, when you know how to be a daughter to God, He will give you discernment. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you wisdom. That's what Jesus said. When you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. When you've seen me, it's because I've been in the presence of my Father. Could you imagine that Jesus going to the cross, He was a willing. Could you imagine? Jesus said, I, I, I don't want to do the cross, God. It's too hard for me. He said, but you know what? I'm a willing son. It's not my will be done, but it's your will be done. I'll sacrifice my feelings. I'll sacrifice my emotions. I'll sacrifice my own understanding that God, I may do in relationships everything that you have called me to do. you got to first be a spiritual son. And can I tell you something? I, I feel even a little bit of resistance on it because somebody's saying to me, well, you know what? I don't want to be no spiritual son. Regardless if you ever find a spiritual father, you got to be a son to him. 
you got to be a daughter to him. And I feel that spirit speaking, and I speak to that spirit of rebellion because you don't understand authority anyhow. But it is the authority that God places in the house, in the kingdom of God. That God said, those that are without fathers, he calls them bastards in, in Galatians. And can I tell you something? God, I don't want to be a bastard in the faith, but God, I want to be a true, obedient son to you. Do you remember what it was like growing up in a house and your parents would ask you to take out the trash? And you didn't feel like doing it. You didn't feel like it. And sometimes you'd even take the trash and you'd mumble all the way to the trash can. I don't want to take out this trash. Who they think they are telling me what to do? Can't wait to get up out this house. When I get out this house, I'm going to do it my way. But can I tell you something? You still got up and did it. And can I tell you something? There'll be times where God will tell you, go be nice to the one that wasn't nice to you. Go be loving to the one that didn't love you. Go give to the one that stole from you. I never forget when I married my wife, she... Can I just say this? Is it okay? Her family is a little cray-cray, a little crazy. And, and, I mean crazy, like crazy, y'all. Like Jerry Springer's calm. Calm. Crazy. To the point where natural respect should not be there. Things that were done, my wife should never have respect. But I would listen to her, to her parents, and she would say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And she would do things that I thought in the natural made no sense to me. But she taught me about a godliness that I didn't have about myself. That even when people don't deserve it, the Spirit of God says, you didn't deserve it. But I laid down my own life for you. So now lay down your own feelings for somebody else. Because can I tell you something? Your coworker ain't never going to deserve what you give to them. Your neighbor who leaves trash in your yard ain't never going to deserve your kind words. The person that did you wrong is never going to deserve the forgiveness that you will give to them. But the forgiveness is not for them, it is for you. And until you get to that place of saying, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. One of the hardest things about relationships is compromise and that place of control. That i got to put my attitude into it because I don't trust that you're going to take your attitude out of it. But you got to be right with the Father of God. you got to be right with him that says, even if I look weaker, I am actually being stronger. And I will forgive those that hurt me. I will love those that did me wrong. I will sacrifice things that were put into me for you, Father. I will become like Abraham 
and take the very thing that is mine that I love and I will take it to the mountain and sacrifice it. God, because I don't know there's a ram up there, but God, I trust you regardless if there's not. Stand with me this morning. I feel the Spirit of God moving. I'm telling you, I feel the God, I feel the Spirit of God moving, and I want you to push past your feelings this morning. Because this morning is more than just about natural relationships. This morning is about becoming who God wants you to be as a spiritual son, as a spiritual daughter. And there are some things that I'm telling you, I have felt it for the last 30 minutes that the enemy is fighting. Because he knows breakthrough is about to happen. He knows it. So he's trying to make you think about everything else. He's trying to put thoughts in your mind that have nothing to do with this service. Good and bad. But as you respond today, the Spirit of God is going to break and restore things and he's going to save some people this morning as you respond in the name of Jesus so this morning I want you to push past how you feel this morning because the breakers in the house this morning the restore is in the house this morning the spirit of God is in this house this morning So if you bow your heads with me this morning, I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to examine yourself and say, God, what am I willing to lay down?